Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Anime Watch Club, a bi-weekly group discussion and review where the host of the What You Say Anime podcast nominate and vote on shows either we haven't seen or shows that hopefully lead to a great conversation. On today's episode, the tromboners of the What You Say Anime podcast will be reviewing the 2018 anime film Liz and the Bluebird. Let's meet today's lore legends. First up is Saikyo Annie's models their eyes off of him, but not the clanhead eyes, more like sound euphonium. We got Jay. Jay, how's it going? Um going pretty well you know i've never seen sound euphonium so i don't know exactly what that means but i'm here for it it's a compliment you have beautiful eyes oh thank you peter you're welcome pulling a 92 93 toronto blue jays going in back-to-back episodes we got has has how's it going you know me i stay balling out here baby and i can't wait to talk about liz and the bluebirds glad, glad to have you if he's a bird then i'm a bird or in this case a cat we got cat cat how's it going I'm doing great, man. I'm ready to talk about some Liz and the Bluebird. It is a, it is an interesting show. I would agree. Next up, he got kicked out of concert band for solo playing his flute too much. We got Johnny. Johnny, how's it going? I literally have no idea how to play a flute. I just blow stuff and apparently stuff comes out. Yes. Kind of like my sax life. I'm kidding. I don't have one. Let's move on. All right. Our first spot today, the conductor of the group to keep us all in line. We have Miles. Miles, how's it going? I'm just still, I'm not, I'm trying to figure, like, at first I thought Johnny didn't get the joke, and then he got the joke, and then he made (laughs) the same joke, like, twice, and then it was just, I don't know, I clearly shouldn't be the conductor, because I'm surprised by how my band members play their instruments still. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to put you on that spot, man. Uh, And we got Pat. Yeah, I also was going to be like, oh, so Johnny missed the wind flute joke, but then apparently he got it. So, yeah, here we are. Um, wind flute? It's actually a skin flute. Easy differ- Easy mistake to make. My fault. I have a skin flute. <laughs> I know. That was the joke. <laughs> okay, as the are conductor, we, are we, we are, are we talking are we about... Ready? What are yeah. we talking about, Pat? <laughs> yeah, like, what, are we Are we good? Are we all Are we all set? Ready to go? I, I don't know. I keep getting distracted by this dancing cat on my screen, too. I kind of just want to join it, you know? Yeah. God uh, help yeah. us all. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't want to see me dancing. So, uh, yeah, let's get started. Listen to Bluebird. It's a, uh, it's a movie that takes place in the sound euphonium verse uh the uh get that the verse too because music i'm oh, so proud of myself clever uh yeah no it's done by kyoto animation it was uh published in uh april 2018 but yes it does take place in the same school same setting as sound euphonium although the two main characters in this are primarily side characters in sound euphonium they really aren't relevant and vice versa as well where the main characters in sound euphonium are really only shown in like little cameos or little like side scenes uh they, the, the main story follows uh two girls nozomi and mizore uh a flutist and oboist uh respectively and their relationship uh and how it pairs up with the fairy tale liz and the bluebird uh so yeah let's try to avoid spoilers here let's do our first impressions of the show uh or the movie rather it's a 90 minute movie so i don't know just your general vibes after the first well, more than seven minutes because there's nothing for seven minutes but uh but yeah what, what have you got miles yeah so i had been nominating this for a while um honestly i don't i don't even remember why at this point but i think i saw it on amazon one day and was like i should watch this and then someone was like it's in the sound euphonium verse and then i was like fine i'll nominate sound euphonium 
And it turned out that was like completely unnecessary. But regardless, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked the switch up of like the animation styles, how they have like the two pretty distinct styles. Like I thought that was interesting. Um, like I liked our characters enough. Um, and it was really pretty to look at because it was like Kyoto Annie. So I think this is like, if you've seen Sound Euphonium, this is just sort of like a more melodramatic Sound Euphonium, I think. And so if that sounds up your alley, um, go go watch it. So it's like another arc with new characters, you know? Like, yeah, yeah it's like, it was like, what what were these characters in the background doing while the, these other things were happening? And then we find out, and it's like pretty interesting, so. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, Kat, what about you? I really enjoyed listening to Bluebird. It's, uh, I had the first impressions that I could say without spoilers is just that it's just a, like, the characterization of the characters that I, I really enjoyed. Them. And, uh, the music, it's sound euphonium, so it's it's pretty much the same, honestly. I really did like the emphasis of the music where they were actually emphasizing the oboe and the flute throughout the show. Uh, it kind of showed that they were trying to continually uh, keep those two, uh, those two in the forefront, uh, even during sounds. So I, I really enjoyed that. The music was... Awesome, I would yeah. recommend it, by the way. You would recommend it. Perfect. Yeah, I, I agree on the music. It's just like, you know, it's one of the re main reasons why you would want to watch a show like this. I, they, they do a very good job. Uh, Has, what about you? Uh, yeah, so uh, on a different note, I did not like this movie at the first. I was ready to turn it off. I um, I don't disagree with the fact that it's, you know, it's beautiful. It's, it's in the sound euphonium verse. However, just initially, I was a little confused. Um, because just obviously no spoilers, it starts not in quote unquote real life or whatever. And I was, I was a little confused as to what was going on. And then when I kind of got it, I just felt a little bored in the beginning. Um, but you know, later on it picks up. I, I listened to the chat. I let it cook. I let it cook. I let him turn on the stove. So after, you know, letting the stove be on for it took a while for the stove to turn on for me, but I would recommend it. I think that's really fair. Yeah, uh, it is. It is very. It's a slow burn. It's a. It's a simmer. Yeah, to keep with the theme. Wow, Jay, uh, what, what about you? Liked the first part of this movie. I thought that the storybook part was beautifully animated. I really loved like all the parts where we got to see that kind of like idyllic style of animation. My, I was watching it with my uh, partner, and she kept saying, like, this is the luckiest girl in the world. Like, she just gets to go live with animals and then find a random person and just have a house for free and go be friends with the baker whose mouth doesn't move while he's talking for some reason. And then... <laughs> I, I like the movie a lot. The Like you guys said, music was perfect. It captured, I think, like... You know, obviously I can't give a huge opinion on this, but from what I... The person that I watched it with, it captures the female gaze pretty well and that sort of thing, just even in the beginning with how things are going. Like, it really captures, like, those odd feelings of adolescent not knowing what your relationship with somebody is, even from the very start, I feel. Fair enough. All right. Uh, and Johnny, what about you? Yeah, so I'll be honest, when I first... Watch this, I kind of forgot that this was supposed to be 
like in the same universe as Sound Euphonia, I was like, hey, this looks familiar. Wait a second. Those are the same mm-hmm. characters. Wait a second. <laughs> so yeah, but and yeah, not much happens in the first twenty or thirty minutes, honestly, as we've already established, but again it's it's like yeah, it's a pretty show, but I think for me it just I don't know, it just it didn't feel like I could really like connect with the characters because even though like I myself play a musical instrument, I play a piano, which is like really just like more of like an individual kind of instrument, not something that you play with other people. So I didn't I don't really understand the whole like band dynamic thing too much. And you know, some of the I'll be honest, like there's a lot of times in this movie that I just felt really bored. But in the last few moments of the movie, it did have some good moments. Like, I'm not... I wouldn't say this is a bad show. It's just I think it's one that not a lot of... That not everybody would really appreciate. So I think that, like, personally for me, if I... I would If I wasn't here, I wouldn't be watching it. But I can... I can say it is, like, objectively with the music. It's Kiona animation, so of course it's gonna look beautiful. It's definitely... A very good visually good show but i wouldn't say that i would recommend it for everyone i think that makes sense that's a pretty fair review uh and pete what about you yeah i'm gonna be a little different because i was fully entranced in this world from the get-go i love how they started it off with the folktale and then or bring it into sort of the main storyline i thought that they did a really good job in the beginning of starting to build up this different world from sound euphonium especially if you've seen season one where i think that one's a little bit more uh what's a great word to use ganky more like out there the the girls are way more have way more personality flowing through them where in this one i think that you needed the time to let the characters build and i gravitated to them right away i think i think i'm by far the biggest saudi phonium stand in this group it's like my number 41 anime of all time i love it i love the messaging and themes that they do and if you're a fan of Sound Euphonium, you're going to love this movie too. So I would definitely recommend. I know it's like you don't have to watch Sound Euphonium first, but I would definitely recommend watching Sound Euphonium first and then watching the movie. But yeah, I would recommend this movie if you're into like character drama, coming of age, um, that type of thing of like future ongoings and endeavors and stuff like that. So yeah, big recommendation for me. Yep. And, uh, for me, I, I think I'm a little closer to Johnny's side where if I wasn't watching this as part of the club, I probably wouldn't recommend it to someone like like me. But uh, I, I do think that this movie is is technically uh, great. I, I just and we'll talk about this later, but I, I get frustrated by the decisions that they make in, in terms of, uh, I guess, direction and the overall resolution of the story. Uh, and again, we'll talk about that more later, but other than that, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful film. Really, really. I think they nailed the two of them playing together. I I've been, I've struggled through that before where rather than the flute and the oboe, it was me, the bass line or the bass clarinet trying to keep, uh, the tubas and trombones in check and keep, you know, the orchestra moving together, uh, or the wind ensemble moving together. So I should say, and, that that they did a really good job of nailing the, uh, the and then I also thought the, the the teachers and the adults in the show did a good job of also being uh, really good guides. Uh, really, 
I, I, I don't know. It resonated really well with me there because it, it was similar to the teachers that I had uh, and, and how they tried to approach helping these two students try and figure out what was going wrong with the part that they were trying to do. So again, I, I can't say I would recommend it to everyone, but like Pete said, if you like sound euphonium, I definitely think that this is more, just more of the same sort of uh, story and more of the same content that you would like, I guess is, is the best way to put it. Uh, but yeah, so why not, uh, let's get into our uh, spoiler section. So spoilers going forward. Uh, Pete, I think you wanted to start us off. Yeah, I wanted to talk about something we, we briefly talked about like in our pre-recording. And it's a show that I think most of us watched here that I'm going to compare it to was Review Starlight, where Listen to Bluebird is essentially interweaving the story of Listen to Bluebird into the story. There's something like Review Starlight uh, interweaved the actual review starlight into the story. So I know we had some conflicting opinions on this. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on how you liked or didn't like the, essentially the telling of Liz and the Bluebird and then the retelling of them in real life. So I, I really enjoyed it. I liked it because I, I thought that like, I, and I know some people will probably not like it because of this, but, it was a nice little thing. It was like, and this is what our heroines will be dealing with after this fairy tale segment. You know, it hit us with like a a quick little synopsis of what we were about to see or what we had just saw towards the end. They sort of flip flopped the orders in which we got um, fed the information. But I, I just sort of liked Kyoto Annie does Disney. It could be completely like superfluous and I'd still be a fan of it just because it was like really pretty. But I do sort of like the the tie-in between the story, the musical piece that they're doing, and the, like their lives. So just like how all three of those tie together, I think it's like really interesting. Uh, so I, I really liked that. I thought it was a cool way to tell a story, um, even if it sort of is telling the same story three times. I think that that perspective shift you get from it, you get people who don't realize they're in the story, people who are doing an activity in which they need to like act out the moral of the story and like the musical piece where they need to like work together and like one of them needs to let the other one or let herself shine and like do what she needs to do and like accept their differences and everything and then the story itself so like i i just liked that jay what were your thoughts i enjoyed it a lot as well i liked the kind of parallel sort of deal that they did with it i enjoyed that it kind of like it set your expectations in a way, and you know whether or not the person, whether or not the story past that point goes on to subvert or just you know go along with your expectations is a little bit up for debate. But I think most of us can agree that it went pretty in line with how the story went overall, with a few exceptions. Um, like I said earlier, I liked the cutting back and forth because the animation and uh, art style for the story sections was beautiful. So as was, you know, just the movie in general. Gorgeous, gorgeous movie. And, uh, yeah, like, as someone, I think, as someone who enjoyed Review Starlight a lot, like, I think I was actually the highest on it out of all of us, I'm pretty sure. That really kind of helped me get more into it, because, like, like you guys said, this movie is a slow burn. I would not blame anybody for tapping out after 30 minutes in this movie if they're not interested just because like it is a really slow first like 
act, I guess you could say. And the storybook sections really help kind of break that up, in my opinion. So that's another reason why I think the storybook sections are good for the movie. Yeah, I uh, I was slightly uh, more negative on them. And to be fair, it's not necessarily their fault because I, I agree that they're beautiful and they're very well done and they do a great job of showing the story of Liz and the Bluebirds and they definitely do break up the beginning. Um, but I also think that the the beginning of the movie didn't need to be broken up because to me, I think the the movie, it, it, it felt... Uh, I was saying this to Miles, it felt a little insecure in that I think there are a ton of moments towards the beginning where there's a lot less dialogue in the um, movie that the visual storytelling, you kind of get the motivations of the characters from the way they act, you know, like you could see it on their faces and in their emotions and in the way other people interact. And I felt like that w it was so intriguing that it it didn't really need to be broken up because as long as they kept that in a natural progression, it would have been fine. But my main issue was that at the beginning of the movie, and, and to be fair, also misremembered because I believe they told us the end of the story explicitly and they did not, um, which Jay told me, um, I guess, but you could kind of put two and two together with how it ends based on the dialogue. And I guess I did. And I felt that they were a little redundant in explaining the story. Um, and a lot of the meat of what I enjoyed was the commentary between the people about this story and, and what they would do in those situations. And I wanted more of that. So again, not necessarily an issue with the story book parts themselves, more so a consequence of that summary at the beginning. So for me, I, so I had only one issue that was similar to Haz's, but, uh, I thought that they broke up the story. That I agree with, but I don't think that they shouldn't have been in there. I feel like they should have been, I wish there were more like smooth transitions into them instead of uh, like almost kind of completely like cutting in. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how I would do it, but just kind of almost having like the regular, like the story uh, with the characters in Sound Euphonium uh, saying the exact same thing as, like, maybe somebody in Listen to Bluebird, that kind of transition. That's how I would do it. I feel like that would have been more, uh, more a better transition, and I feel like it would have kept the story going, kept it intriguing, because it, 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 in more of a musical term, it felt like it was switching rhythms when it hit those different uh, uh, notes. You know what I mean? No, I, I definitely agree with you. And I think one way they could have done it, like what you said was, uh, I, I'm glad you, you said it before I could, but uh, the, having them say similar things uh, and maybe having the scenes run parallel to each other, you know, like, and, and almost blend together like a, like a painting. I think that that's one way they could have tied the scenes together better. Because I do, I agree with uh, Haz and Caddy, where I think that they, I like them too i i just wish i wish they didn't offer as much of a summary at the beginning i wish they kind of let us piece it together ourselves you know like just because it felt like you know the first the, yeah, that first opening act lasted a very long time right like it was what, what was it like seven minutes or so of them just walking walking along together like i i, I don't know it felt like it, they definitely could have see, uh tied them together a little bit better and one of those ways would have been with you know having those characters 
echoing each other at, at one moment, you know, like, and just, I don't know, maybe that would have been slapping us a little bit too hard in the face with like the, the symbolism, but I don't know, then what's the, what's the point of it if you're not going to, too, right? Is this uh, like another but, summer ghost thing where summer ghost should have been 30 minutes longer, where this should have been like 30 minutes shorter? Um, uh, hmm. I don't think I, so. Would this I, have been better as a, as an anime series, like a mini series or OVA series in your I, opinion, guys? I think it I personally I think it would have been better as a as almost like a uh uh half like a half series. So like where it's twelve minutes long instead of twenty four minutes long. Um where like every other episode they're doing so every other episode they're doing like the sound euphonium and then the story and then the sound euphonium and then the story just to kind of like, like it wouldn't, it might not make it as much sense uh, while it's airing. But after that, like pairing those different shows together, uh, I think it would have been really nice personally. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Like six minutes of this, six minutes of that, you know, or, or 12 and 12 where, yeah. And then it allowed it to like, kind of like tell itself at the same time. I think that's one way it could have uh, worked. I, I think the movie could have been longer, but that's for a different reason. You know, I think we'll get to later, um, like e either longer or shorter. Like you said, like, I, I think that if it were to be shorter, it wouldn't lose as much if, you know, if these sorts of scenes were condensed down a bit too. Like, but I, I don't know if that would have really uh, changed my enjoyment of it as much as uh, some other things. I, I don't know how you always feel. Um, I, I don't even think it needs to be that much shorter. I truly think it's for me, it really comes down to that summary they gave. And it's it's a tough thing too, because as far as I know, uh Liz and a Bluebird isn't actually a, a fairy tale, right? So um but I it's supposed to be a children's story and therefore very simple to grasp and that makes sense for the movie and, and spacing and timing. So of course you could summarize it essentially in, in a few sentences, um, which they do and I think that just because you know I'm I'm an I'm an adult we're all adults and we can you know piece things together. Um, it, it it hurt Speak that for yourself, okay? I'm, <laughs> forgive me, forgive me. I I forget we got young souls in here. Uh, the uh, the fact that like as an adult you can piece it together. I I I personally felt that like it it almost was like. Okay, just so you know what happened in the story, just to make real sure, we're going to show you it in Disney form. And not that that's not cool, um, but just it's one of those things where, like, knowing what's going to happen already is, like, it kind of bored me a little. Um, and, and again, I just think that the moments that it's not in that are so good because the messaging is so good and it's done so well. And and the the physical storytelling with the with the way people interact with each other the 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 counselor is really where i felt the story started to pick up when um misery talks to the counselor and they discuss the book and i think stuff like that should have been more in the focus rather than the storybook personally because that that really goes to further the message a lot more than the storybook sections did in my opinion so yeah i think it's more along the lines of like i i do agree that like the the storybook style of t storytelling into them actually like acting it out was the same message but i think like how they did it was different and that's like really what i liked about it like the letting go part of elizabeth bluebird folktale like she literally lets her like leave the out of the the house but in when they go to like their performance it's them letting go 
through music and really like letting the chains off of each other to let themselves like be free type of thing. And I really liked how they just interpreted the message through music. And to me, that was just like fantastic storytelling. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the use of the, like as someone who is in concert band and I'm sure Pat can relate to this too, like hearing the backing, like what I assume is the music they're playing in the background of the story and, you know, certain other uh, like regular story beats and such. It really helped me personally to be able to feel what themes they were going for when you can hear like, and like there was one scene, I can't remember exactly what the scene was, but they had like the part of the oboe solo in the third act going and it's like, okay, there wasn't like they didn't have any flute going along with it like they had in the practice scene really besides for like accents on it and i was like okay i understand what they're going for here like i can tell just based off of this piece of music what they're going for yeah i enjoyed that like i think that they used music as storytelling very well like they could have done a little bit better with the visual storytelling aspect of the story in my opinion in some ways but for the sound design, like, I have no complaints about any of the sound design in this. Um... Well, that's, so the music stuff is, like, really interesting, Jay, and I didn't even, like, I mean, I got what they were trying to do with the stuff, because at some points, they literally just, like, tell us what they're doing, like, with music, right? Mm-hmm. Um, But that, that's, like, really, I love that storytelling, and I, I don't know why, I guess I wasn't, or, I, I think, like, when music doesn't have lyrics, I, like, have a harder time picking up on, like, let motifs and, like, things like that. Um, but that's like a really, I, I love that sort of thing. And like, I'd like to sort of like speed through this, but like listen to the parts where they're playing because, uh, I guess like to show how white I am, I really like Hamilton and they do this you thing should... where <laughs> him and, and in February, um, him and Eliza, when they sing each other's like harmonies, they're always offbeat until like the end when they're like together and then they like come together and like, just like musical storytelling like that, that isn't super you have to like really listen to music to understand is is like really cool so thanks for pointing that out i thought that was you awesome. should uh you should listen to uh um the i believe they mentioned it in the movie actually peter and the wolf is a yeah, I, yes. symphony mm-hmm. where all the characters are represented by a different instrument i really like the fox or i guess it's the wolf um i was thinking of it earlier today because that was like the only thing like this i could think of where like it's like a purely like instrumental storytelling yeah um, but... there's a there's a few of those honestly yeah oh i'm sure there's tons of them i'm just you know like i have like babies first you know like in music class <laughs> yeah you know you listen <laughs> um sort of view of that so uh yeah no so the uh just to bounce off even more of what you guys are saying uh especially jay like i i was blown away by the way that the comp- uh conductor i guess best way to put them in this case uh you know their their music teacher uh the way he tried to describe to them how to try to play together and not just play in sync or play with, with a music that's on the sheet but feel the story that you're trying to tell right or that you're trying to support right because they're they're playing this concert i believe at least alongside a play that's actually happening right like that's what the the plan is so you're not the only person that matters uh, in that, or you and the other bandmate that you're playing with aren't the only ones that matter. The story that's being presented on the stage matters and you help enhance it. And 
you can't just play what's on the music sheet. You have to listen to what your partner is doing or what the person is doing and play maybe play faster because they're going quicker or or answer back to their bravado with uh with some other uh sort of answer like depending on what what is the uh what the story follows or what the and, and I think that the the music teacher did a really good job explaining that and making it very poetic um you know that 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 to me was one of my favorite scenes in the movie I think really it was when uh you know and the counselor then talks talks them through it afterwards uh as well I believe that the counselor immediately talks to uh, Nozomi about it, you know, who's trying to, who's struggling, right? Because she's, she's not even sure if she wants to do this, right? She's, she's not even sure if she wants to play the flute long term or, or ever again after high school. And, you know, this, that, that's something that someone who's really skilled and someone who's taking it a whole step further would have to do all the time rather than just necessarily, you know, learning, learning it for this one time, I guess, if that makes sense. So for me, I think like with the sound design, I think that one of the things I really enjoyed about it was throughout the show, and I've actually mentioned this uh, in our Sound Euphonium episode, if you want to go watch that. Uh, the thing about this show is it has the same quality where like throughout the show, it's playing the same uh, melody over and over again, and it's evolving every time it plays. So uh, as I think... Uh, I think Jay mentioned that there were some moments where the oboe was the only solo that was playing, or the flute was the only one that was playing. Uh, there were moments in the show where the uh, where they were like disjointed, uh, and it kind of it kind of makes sense because at the beginning of the movie, uh, it does say disjoint at the beginning, just kind of like a I guess uh, blatant symbolism, but it's it like when you're when it clues you in, and this. This helped especially actually in that same moment where uh, that Pat mentioned where the conductor was kind of like uh, start trying to reply instead of just playing on the sheet where it started to feel more fluid instead of mechanical. Uh, and I, I really I really enjoyed that. Another point I wanted to bring up is that, you know, Nozomi, she was so worried about what she needed to be doing with her life. Girl, go into aquarium work. Your water <laughs> quality was insane. It was so clear. She had three pee puffers in one tin, in one little tin gallon, which is fine. No plants in there, but the water quality was so clear. They make so much waste. And also, pee. They talk about them being poisonous and stuff. Pee puffers are not poisonous. They'll bite the shit out of you, but they're not poisonous. How many points did this drop the the movie for you? Oh, it actually gained points because it did, they modeled okay. the fish very well. So, I, like, I will give them that. That was beautiful. Best. Anyway, I just seen an aquarium anime. I'm just ranting a little bit, but yeah, that like, yeah, yeah. You should nominate. Yeah. You should nominate the the aquatope and lot, the white sand. Lotless aquatope. No, yeah, okay. in the uh, for our two core. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame you for being okay. For for somebody who watched it, please don't nom it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about that Sound Euphonium did as a series that I think also did it in this movie was like kind of like the the touches that they do for female characters so an example in season one in the first scene we see like the girls hiking up their skirts to like kind of like impress the boys and then the teacher's like immediately calling them out and like that's like a real thing that girls do 
and i really liked that in this movie that they did like the when like they were nervous they'd like play with their hair and they did a really interesting scene that, that i don't think i've ever seen it been done before in like a movie or a show where they're showing uh misery's character and she was like distraught and then they switched to her point of view of her looking down at her feet and playing with her hair and it's like little touches like that were just like such a cool like like a little little dash that they that really sets Keo Annie apart so I want to know if there's anything from like the movie that you saw like these little tidbits that really stuck out to you our amount of leg shots (laughs) (laughs) feet feet too I was uh, when we were having our Yuri bait debate I was, you know, just looking up what other people's opinions were, and so I saw this blog written by this lesbian woman, and she was, like, talking about it, and she was like, I've never seen a movie with this many feet in it, and I was like, someone doesn't like Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) 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 Um, Anyways, back to uh, the the things we liked about this. I wanted to interject real quick. I wouldn't say Um, I liked the weird amount of leg shots, by the way. It was just something I noticed. I just wanted to clarify that The thing Jay really liked was the weird amount of leg shots. Um, I I, I think... Oh, go ahead, S. No, 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 you go ahead. Uh, I think that Kyo Annie does... um, And this might be, like, a little male-gazy, but they do good, like, transition frames where... If they're, like, showing movement and they're going somewhere else, they'll show, like, a skirt flick or something. And it's, like, pretty dynamic. And I just, I sort of like how they, they do that. Um, generally, I think it's pretty good. Has. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I liked, um, and it kind of helped me sort of put this in the context of Sound Euphonium, was the scene where we get the scene from Sound Euphonium 1 uh, from their perspective. I thought that was really nice. And it also helped with the uh, timeline because i wasn't particularly sure when this was going on until that happened and you know you get to see uh it's the scene from sound euphonium one where they're practicing behind the school building and it's the three girls looking out through the window and then they fall back and i thought it was a real nice touch because it helps the school feel real and it helps things feel like it, it's very much alive and not one thing is happening at the same time you know what i mean like multiple people have issues at the same time you know like it, it completely removed but it was going on you know what i mean and i thought that was a nice touch there was another scene that from season one where it's kumiko and reina and they're on top of like a hill overlooking the city and it's sort of like their defining moment of them coming together as like really good friends i think it kind of clicks in that moment and you get like this uh, panning shot of them like on a bench and talking about it. And then in this scene or in this movie, we have sort of the same thing where Misere is on a hill overlooking the school, but she's by herself on the bench this time. And I thought that was kind of like a really cool nod to like the differences between the characters where it's Nazumi, or sorry, it's Kumiko and Reina becoming closer friends. And then in this movie was Misere sort of I guess in the context of that scene, maybe losing her friend. And I thought that was just like a really nice contrast between the two and just like a little nod that they did. I was a huge fan of that. So were the random people playing the trumpet and the whatever, the euphonium, was that the characters from the series? They're the main characters. Yeah. Okay. Bow girl is also kind of important. Um, Who? The girl with the yellow bow. She shows up. Yep. Oh. 
the two yeah. people talking about very ice memorable. cream. Yeah, very memorable. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of that character, Bow Girl. Um, I'm sure you are. It's um, Preston's already DMing me about how I, I don't like the show because I couldn't remember her name, Yuko. Um, <laughs> so. Oh, I also wanted to uh, uh, one more thing too. Um, this this wasn't like just the scene, but in that scene too, I really, really did like the the framing of um. It was Nozomi in that scene looking over, because you you hear uh, there's a girl who's angry with the way that things are being handled and 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 the way Nozomi is handling you know their their separation, but it, it never switches to them because it's it's so focused on Nozomi and and how she's handling it and like her awkward reaction to you know someone's yelling at her and essentially saying you're fucking up you know what I mean you're doing this wrong and then. But it's so focused on Nozomi, and I love that it never really deviates from that because it it makes it feel more personal, and um, instead of this expanding the cast and deviating your attention, like oh, who is this random person that only shows up for this one scene? You know what I mean? I I think that scene is insanely powerful because you see in like the previous scenes that Misery and Nozomi are having issues with their like duo duet thing that they're doing, and everybody is well aware of it. And then they hear Kumiko and Reina doing their version of it. Everyone is entranced. And so to, it was just like, knows me like clicking like, oh, like we kind of suck. Like this is what it's supposed to sound like. Like these, these two have like the chemistry to be this duo partner. Like we don't have that. And I thought that that scene was so important to the story of kind of maybe like something clicking in Nozomi's head. Cause that's where it kind of, that's well, one of like I think like two scenes where she's questioning going to music college. She's questioning uh the duet and like uh second guessing herself coming back to uh concert band. And to me it's just like so it's such like a small thing, but it has such a huge impact, and that's one of many reasons why I love this movie. Okay, um so one of the big things about this movie that I loved and resonated with was the human connection between these two and forging like a possible future as like friends or just like someone that they deeply care about and kind of like really basing your decision on your future at such a vulnerable age i thought was really compelling because you see nozomi question her decisions so many times like am i doing this for me am i doing this for misere um what do i actually want out of this and like it's just like it was like a really interesting um coming of age decision that I feel like we don't see a lot in anime. I think a lot of the times when we get to like the graduation stage of shows, the show ends. We don't really see what's the after story or something along those lines. Where in this I feel like we got like a clear cut answer on what they were going to do, but it was more along the lines of the troubles and the situations that they put themselves in to get to that point. So how did you guys feel about maybe like the themes, the messaging between whether it was these two or just like the idea of like forging a future possibly together? Yeah. So I, I mean, I, when I was in my senior year of high school, I went to college across the country because my parents had moved out there and it's like it's like really hard to move away from your friends even if you're like going to go do something new and exciting in like college right so like 
the way that I handled it was to find couches to surf on for like two months. Um, and just sort of like prolong that time like that way. But at the end of the day, like I, I knew like in the back of my head that I like had to go and like do my own thing in like this new area and stuff, even if it like sucked. But that is sort of how I felt like with this, they were like trying to find ways to put together, like how to, how to keep being friends and stay together and all of that. Um, and it was just uh, hard. I really liked uh, how they handled it because, you know, obviously I, all of my friends went to college and I'm not in college right now. Um, and so I, I had to deal with a similar situation. Um, I don't think it ever got to, you know, nearly the levels of, of you know, drama and like I, I didn't feel nearly as pressured. Um, I will say it is it is a little confusing because there are phones, but I guess, you know, it's still it's still br bridges. There's still distance, you know, um, but I, I understand that struggle because it, they did a really good job of, you know, when you when you're going to that point of like i'm about to make a life decision and i'm like 17 18 that's that's hard you know and and it's it's good to show that you know not everyone's certain um and because no no one ever is you know that's a big decision that's a four-year commitment um and you might not even like what you do you might change as a person you're still growing and they really showed well with nails and me like you know, I, I've questioned this before because she did leave before. Um, like, maybe I'll question it in the future, even though I'm enjoying it now. And, and like, maybe I, you know, like th that uncertainty was really well done and set up with her past. You know, it, it all kind of felt not like just some sporadic, like, oh, but I want to be like a baker or like a musician. You know, like, it felt very much real. While I couldn't relate to the, you know, going to school for, for friends, I did end up deciding, oh, I wanted to school, uh, go to school up in Boston because I knew a couple of my friends would go to colleges up there or and staying in touch with them that way. So I can, I, you know, it does, in this case, sticking with music was her Boston, right? It was her like decision to go, okay, I'm going to stick with music so that I can stay with my close friend. And I, and I can definitely understand like at least the thought process there, but that's when it's nice that she had counselors and other people to step in and talk to her about it and talk her out of making a decision that she wasn't really comfortable with, which, you know, I don't know when I, when I left for college, I was an education major and now I don't do that at all. You know, <laughs> I thought I was going to be a teacher and it took only a year and a half college for me to figure out that that is not where I need to be right now in life. And I'm, uh, and, and I think that that's, I, I'm glad I was able to make that change. But if I had chosen to go to like a music school, let's say, that's a lot. It's a lot harder to leave a music school and then go do something else than it is, you know, going to a normal school and then specializing in a specific thing and then deciding you want to change. So I think that, that um, I think they approach that, that, that it's so hard. Like it's really, really hard to make that decision when you're 16, 17 years old, or 18 years old. And, and I think that they, they touched on that really, really, really nicely. Um, so yeah. Uh, I, do we do we want to move on to the the my I I have a main nitpick that uh, and it, I shouldn't say nitpick it, 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 I think that it is a serious flaw in the story. Um, I think this this is our, our hotly contested topic. We talked about this oh, in no. the pre-show and oh, all God. day and most of the day today, to the point where I organized my thoughts because uh, I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to come across 
and make sure that what I am saying exactly is clear and my, and my opinion is clear. So my main frustration with the show and why I am, do I've docked it quite a few points, I think is that the show felt like to me, like it was Yuri Beatty and very, uh, non-committal with with the decisions that it made regarding the story so i think there are two options that they could have gone for with the show to have made it actually have a message or actually have a have a have a uh an end goal with the story so if they if the show wanted them the two main care main girls to be platonic friends which is the way i interpret it because at the end of the day they don't show everything or show anything that would suggest otherwise yet that I think that they would have shown, they wouldn't have had all of the long stares, the intense confession at the end, where I think I think has said it, where she's complimenting the way she walks or her footsteps or something. Like, like I I don't even remember specifically, but they you know a confession that sounds romantic and 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 I I I don't know how other way other way to put it, and they wouldn't have left us with such a confusing moment at the end of the movie as well, where. Something happens, and she turns around, and the uh, and Mizone Mizore, pardon me, just looks completely shocked. The other way that they could have gone, if they wanted the show or wanted the two main characters to be gay or one of them to have been gay, they would have explored that more deeply. I think by the end of the movie, uh, it's, and especially with the final scene, they would have made them experience the conflict. Uh, and then force them to resolve said conflict of what you know whether that is them one of them being gay and the other not, and or and their romantic interests in each other, whether they were reciprocated or not, and then following that, them moving on to becoming friends only, or never speaking again, or moving on in their lives to the next stages of their lives, like what happens in the fairy tale of Liz and the Bluebird, you know, where at the end of the day, someone ha they they do have to let. You know, you love something and you let it go, you move on. And because neither happens, and then the way the way the show plays it right down the middle to me, from from my perspective at least, it plays it right down the middle and offers no closure other than a tease that they you know might have kissed or done something similar. It, it just it comes off so extremely baity to me. And it does not actually commit to either of the potential stories that I pitched here or, or throughout. And and then thus the story of the fairy tale where there is closure, where there is an ending. And that, that's why I feel like it's incomplete, where I think, like we talked about earlier, 30 more minutes, even 20 would have been enough to, I think, close out their relationship, whether that was them being platonic friends. And then we would have gotten closure knowing that or more time for them to actually be uh, to, to come to the conflict of either one of them being gay or them both being gay and having to either accept each other's love or accept that they can't work together because one of them has to go do music school here and the other is going somewhere else. Like they're, they're just my, that, that is where my frustration lies with the story because it doesn't, the, the story of the Liz and the Bluebird does not align with what happens to the characters in my, in my opinion. Um, um, okay. Go ahead, Miles. Sorry. Oh, sorry, I, 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 haven't, I haven't read. Yeah, okay. I, I haven't um, read it because I was talking Kat, and trying to focus. Yeah, Cat, go. Okay, so my response to what you have said is that 
I think the story is complete, personally. I think the climax of the story where it really starts, where it really shows what the decision of the ending of the story is, is at the end during the I Love You hug, where, um, where what's-her-name is uh, giving her a hug. And it's, and the reason why I say it's complete is because one of the things that they've done, because they've done this very subtly throughout, uh, where they're doing different things that mean a lot. They're doing like small things that mean a lot that are kind of hinting at they're nervous or they're uncomfortable, things like that. What happens is, uh, I can't remember her name, uh, Ponytail Girl, she starts laughing during this hug and the other girl is not like phased at all. This is, and you can kind of see like her being even more stiff. Uh, which almost to me feels like she's realizing that, like, one, Ponytail, Ponytail Girl doesn't realize that, just realize that she was being serious with this. And the other girl is realizing that she isn't like that. So it's basically saying, we can be friends, but we can't be together. And I need to let you go. Uh, and that's just kind of how, that's kind of how I viewed it where one is kind of blossoming and flying away into uh, music college, and the other one is sticking towards books and going to a more traditional college. Yeah, I'm also in the book that it's not Yuri baiting. I think for the most part that the scenes that they set up when they are together have, like, no romantic, like, context, minus the last scene where I think it's pretty much confirmed that Misery is gay and Nozomi is not. Uh, I thought that was like pretty clear as day, like the the confession scene and what it meant. Um, yeah, I I thought that just the scenes that themselves where they put themselves with them just in each other had different messaging of uh, riding along together, being this friendship, like actually caring for somebody more than just as a friend, but like generally caring about them and one of them possibly leaning more towards romantic, but figuring that out. And I think that's kind of like the whole thing of where like. If you if you took Yuri on ice minus the kiss scene, I think those scenes are way more romantically implied. That that's more like yaoi baiting. To this, I didn't really sense a, a theme of romance until literally the last confession scene. Okay, well, yaoi on Yuri on ice isn't yaoi on ice. <laughs> isn't yaoi bait because like I, I, minus if you they... took out the kissing scene, it's like very heavily yaoi baiting. But because that they, it's confirmed that they like they become a couple and stuff like. It's just like a legit yaoi is kind of what I mean. Okay. That's fair. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to say, uh, I think for me personally, because, and this is obviously, I, I don't think, I think I may be one of the only people that feel this way. Um, it, it, I, I had a fate apocrypha situation in which the, I mean, I swear it's going to make sense. Um, oh, no, I know. The, <laughs> Oh. The the first character introduced felt like the main character, and the first character I in my head in my memory is a little shot. I am I am tired. Um, was Misery, so I I felt that although obviously Nozomi has this big stuff about um her struggle with what she wants to do. Um, I think because of the confession scene and and, and just other things throughout the story, it it recontextualizes the the journey of what I felt was the main character, which is Misery, to something about her expressing herself. And this limited time, and of course, you know, there's, it, of course, Nozomi has her stuff about like where she wants to go, um, but it can also, you know, recontextualize that in that maybe she doesn't realize she has feelings, and I feel like it, because of that confession scene and, and the very ending scene, it, it's hard for me to look at this and 
and I felt like a lot of the drama, like I said, personally, I didn't have this level of, of drama when it came to separating from me and my friends. And I feel like a lot of that drama was enhanced by the fact that there was a, I mean, clear romantic subtext for Misery at the very least. So is it Beatty? It, I, I, I can't say either way. I can say this for sure. It is not uh, anything close to like the actual series and in, in where it's it's a lot more physical and 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 intimate um however it does feel like a large part of the the tension and drama comes from misere's romantic feelings and how it affects uh her expression and and her her it feels like a, a big motivator um but again I, I think they they try to remove that from nazami at points uh, but in the context knowing that Misere loves her in that way, it, it can also, you know, change how you view Nazami stuff to more of a, a conflict of, you know, not just what do I want to do, but do I want to be with you um, for the rest of, you know, however many years it is during college. Fair enough. All right. Uh, I guess we'll uh, move on to our final thoughts. Uh, so why don't we start off with Miles like we usually do. Final thoughts and score. Sure. Um, I really enjoyed this. Um, to, to weigh in quickly on like the Yuri baiting thing, I could see it either way. I don't. I don't really know. I, I looked up, like on some lesbian forums, what they thought, and it was pretty fifty-fifty split. I think we're fifty-fifty split. I don't know. I, I think sure or not. I don't know. I think it's a good story. <laughs> I like it. Um, <laughs> I think I. I think I'd probably lean towards it's just melodramatic. Like Japan loves these like really deep, over the top friendship sort of things in their stories and i think that's that's fine i really enjoyed the visual storytelling and the audio storytelling and like how all of this was interweaved i thought it was a fun thing i don't think i liked it as much as i like tibiki um i think that it sort of lacked the fun of that series and like while that's not necessarily the point of this you know it doesn't not it doesn't need to be fun just because it's like tied to it um I kind of would have liked that. I thought there was like a little bit of like fan service, not in like the sexy, sexy way, but in the like, we just saw a random character sometimes because they were like, you guys know these, these <laughs> characters here, here they are. And that like, honestly took me out of it a little bit. Um, you know, where you would just like see someone cleaning a euphonium for like no reason. And then you, that was just, so you would, you know, would be like, Oh, there's Kumiko. Um, so like, that's like one of my like minor nitpicks of it, but overall, I did like the story. Um, uh, I think I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. All right, Cat. What about you? Uh, I I also enjoyed this this uh, this romp through the Hibeki Euphoria universe. Uh, it was I on on the whole debate of the end of it. I am firmly in the this is a one sided love story um, where. And it doesn't end badly where there's like, oh, I hate you or whatever. It just, it feels like they're, like, they're having to backtrack and learn how to be friends with somebody that they actually have feelings for. And I I enjoyed that. Um, and, and, and since this is my, like, this is my point of view, I think that that's actually pretty well done, especially with how, um, how there's subtlety in the story and how the subtlety in the, uh, in the ending, in my opinion. And because of that, I actually think it, it raises the raises some points for me. And, uh, my final score for this is probably going to be a, a nine out of 10. Damn son. I love it. 
Nine out of ten. All right, Has. What about you? Yeah, I, uh, Pete has brought to my attention some damning evidence against this show. There is no Tubacabra, therefore it is zero. No, um, <laughs> but I I do agree with Miles on the sentiment that I I don't believe it's as good as Sound Euphonium. I think, um, not just from I think a lack of fun because I think that the drama and the dialogue is still very good um, for what it's trying to achieve. I think more so for me, um, although the music is obviously very well done here and, and very important to the story, it didn't, I guess I expected the sound euphonium levels of grandiose when those scenes came out and, and to sort of let it do a lot more personally. Um, it's in my shattered, you know, sleep deprived memory though. So give that brain of salt. Also the beginning, like I said, I was, I wasn't a big fan of, um, but it was still great. Uh, the, the visuals were great. The sound design was great. The music was great. Um, I had no problem with the, the random characters coming around and make the, made the school feel alive to me and that everything was kind of going on. And I, I thought it was all very well done. So I'm going to give it a solid seven. Seven out of 10. Alrighty. Uh, Jay, go ahead. Sorry. I almost read Gohan's beast axe, but no. Your name is Jay. It's fair. It is a legendary weapon from the Dragon Ball series. Apparently. Um, yeah, it's used to me. <laughs> uh, so I enjoyed this quite a bit. I really don't have a ton of complaints. I can understand how some people would feel that it was a bit baity. Like, I do understand where people come from with that. That's people who want, like... Like, I understand wanting closure and for things to just be, like... Neat, like neatly defined, and some and that sort of thing. But the issue with that is that, that that's not how it works when you're growing up and figuring out like your feelings and where you stand in the world and stuff. You can't just put everything into a neatly defined box, like oh we're friends or oh you know what it, like I'm complete like I you can't say I know I'm completely straight or whatever like some people can but not everybody can say that back then like in high school I thought I was completely straight turns out not the case I can't like people come out later in life all the time not everybody is going to be like a you know someone wearing like a progress flag on their backpack with dyed hair whatever the stereotype of a gay teenager you want to have like, some people really need time to figure that sort of thing out and don't figure out until adulthood. And part of the thing that they mentioned is that, you know, birds are migratory. They come back. I don't think that necessarily... Like, are we ever going to get anything more of this? No, probably not. That's what fan fiction and shit is for. If you want to figure it out, go read a fan fiction. That's what you want. But I think that, overall, I'm not docking points for them just not showing stuff because leaving it up to the reader or viewer rather sorry i've been reading a lot recently it, leading leaving that interpretation up i think is very respectful of the viewer in a way but i also do understand why people would want to see it like clearly defined i get the complaints against it so i think based on the overall story like the, i like the conversation we were able to have around it i loved the music the animation was beautiful and it had fish tanks. Did I mention that? Did I mention that there were fish tanks? They showed a, a pea puffer fish and white cloud minnows. White cloud minnows are insane, dude. Um, anyway, both of those are illegal in Maine, unfortunately, by the way. I cannot have them here. And uh, so I'm giving this overhaul 9 out of 10 as well. 9 out of 10. All right. Johnny, what about you? Yeah, so 
very pretty show, obviously, made by Kyo Animation, that's to be expected. Music was, it wasn't necessarily my kind of music. It's, it's a bit weird, like, I like, I'm not really a huge fan of, like, the orchestra kind of music, usually. I'm not gonna lie, it's like, when it's only wind instruments, I like it when there's, like, a bit of other stuff, you know, like, violins, drums, pianos, things like that. But I think when it's just, like, the flute, sax, and other things like that, it's not really my style. But, you know, I still think, like, I think, like, if you like that, it's still, like, I'm sure that, like, if, if you're into that, then it's great. But, again, it's just some parts of the, some parts of the show just felt like it was just going on for too long. It just felt like nothing was really happening until, like, the last, I would say, like, the last one-third of the movie, in my opinion. So I think that... With all that, I think I'm gonna have to give it a seven. I I don't think it's, I don't think you can really say it deserves to be much lower because it's just like how pretty it looks and stuff like that. But I think with the fact that I and I don't really, I can't really relate to the story that much. So I think I'm gonna have to give it a seven out of ten. I think that's completely fair. Uh, Pete, what about you? Love the themes. Love the message. I kind of like Miles. I like the characters in uh, Sound Euphonium more. However, in this style of context where it's just a movie, I thought the characters were very good. Uh, just a unique premise of high school and what's next. Instead of just ending it there, we get like closure kind of on like what their futures are going to be and how they kind of figured it out through however w- ways that they did it. Um, yeah, man, just really love this movie. I I don't think it's as good as Sound Euphonium, so because of that and the lack of Tupacabra, I'm going to give this a 9. I thought it was a fantastic film. Nine. All right. Uh, and yeah, I kind of already... Uh, did a little bit of my last thoughts uh, or, or already. I I think production wise, it's hard to give this uh, any sort of this movie any sort of shit. Like it's it's a really nicely drawn and animated. Uh, the sound is great. The voice actors do a really good job, at least in the, and in the dub as well. I think they did a really really good job, which isn't always the case, uh, especially for shows that didn't come out in the past like I don't know two years, three years, you know. It's not that old of a movie, but still, it's it's old enough that it wasn't really the the prime of dubbed anime. I don't think. Uh, so yeah, I again, I I'm still frustrated with the lack of closure, and, and I I definitely see what you're saying, Jay. Where you know it's it, it is never closed fully. Like you know, you never you never know until in real life, at least, right? You never know how things are going to change for you. How uh, the reason, especially for me, why I'm frustrated is because the show hints that there might be an answer, and then to me, at least, never really provided one uh, for what the, what is going on and how they actually feel about each other. Yeah. Uh, and and I think in a in a fictional setting, especially one where you're trying to align it with the theme of a story, or have it be the exact opposite, or you know, say like, oh, not all fairy tales come true, and and like contrast or reflect the story i think i i wanted like some more clarity like which that's fair i think like i said i think it's the complaints that people have for the most part are entirely fair for feeling the way like you guys feel in the way that you do yeah i I don't disagree with it i mean like i personally disagree with them i don't disagree with you having them yeah. Well, I disagree with you. So there we go. All right. (laughs) Yeah. A Fortnite dance on or something like that. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, sorry. All right. Uh, yeah, we're all tired clearly at the end of this. Um so yeah, I think I, I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. I, I think uh giving it anything lower wouldn't really be fair 
to, again to the production and, and and again the scenes are really powerful with them especially like the confession scene is really nice i was just frustrated that uh it didn't uh pull everything together for me at the end personally so uh so that average it brings our average score uh wow that's a very even number to an 8.0 yes. overall <laughs> good uh, good job guys really good job uh, so yeah, we have an 8.0 for this movie, which compared to the Mal score is an 8.19. So a point, just about under a two point or a point two difference. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. All right, Miles, we need to know what we're watching for our lovey dovey romance episode on February 20th. Yeah. So, um, Everything did good except for bloom into you, you homophobes. And <laughs> I see. Um, yeah, but we had a a pretty. I mean, we had like nine, 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 eleven, eleven, twelve were our final scores here. Um, yeah, exactly. You dig? You dig? Um, <laughs> so um, I'm gonna. The way I'll do this is like the two elevens are gonna get um legacy points and then the 12 will win um or i don't know if anyone really wants i could just give everything besides bloom into you a legacy point i don't really i like your first option um, okay sure <laughs> um holy shit i just realized i forgot the twitter poll one second this is oh, we're, 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 we're learning I, I i can't believe yeah no damn sorry, we even that, had a conversation about how i'm not using straw poll anymore <laughs> yeah no okay Oh, no. I wonder if this is going to change the results. I think, if anything, based on what won, this probably won't change the results very much. So, I don't... It's a one-point difference between first and second. No, I, I agree with you, but the show... I don't think it'll make a difference. Uh, okay, I would be it, it does not make a difference, but it gives yeah. us uh, just uh, one, two, three. Okay. So in third, we have Josie the Tiger and the Fish. Um, wow, it, it shot up. Damn. Yeah, in second we have uh, East of Eden, uh, <laughs> and, and he, and then Johnny, Johnny buddy, in first place, winning by one point, we have Relife. So, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, this time it was second. But if you hadn't voted for it or had voted for it third, your show would have won. So that's yeah. three times in a row now. <laughs> Let's all claps for Johnny for cucking himself Woo! on Romance Week. Uh, no, one fucks me except, <laughs> no one fucks me except me. NTR, baby, and Alonzo. We're, all, we're our, having a, a really, really uh, good episode this week, guys. Yeah. All right, so, um, we now need to discuss uh, what we're, our plan is uh, for Relife. Uh, because, yeah, the original series, I believe, is either 12 or 13 episodes. And then there is a an OVA that really does wrap up the story. That's, I believe, th four episodes longer. Um, I am not opposed to watching it, I think, uh, but I also understand why people might not want to. Uh, maybe we uh, we can probably talk about this off air, actually. I think that it would be probably better to do that. for the And uh, so, yeah, that is what we decided to do. Thank you, Pete, for interjecting and uh, telling the, uh, the listeners what we decided off air to air uh and and that's how many episodes of real life we'll be watching uh now let's nominate our shows for the february never mind the march 6th watch club god damn we'll be in march uh Are we doing a march madness episode this year it, 
We will probably. Um, but this is yep. for our two core for uh, nominations now. So normally our shows are only one core. However, we do it once a year. We nominate two core shows. Uh, just Holy to- shit. Let's do a March Madness practice with everything with legacy points. We fucking tier it by the amount of legacy points. We have the community vote, and then we watch one of them at the end. I'm so glad I came up with this idea. That's really good. We should do that. How's that going to be an episode? Oh, that'll be the March. That'll be the March 20th episode. There you go. That's perfect. We'll see. Uh, see. The normal March Madness uh, episode is our most listened to episode ever on a non YouTube thing. So we don't need to do that whole thing as an episode. I just say we do that, and that's how we decide what we do for Watch Club. For Watch Club. Yeah. 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 No, I agree with that. I, I get what you're saying. I, I like that. Uh, but yeah, so let's nominate our two core shows. Miles, what are you bringing to our two core spectacular? So I really planned on doing Mushishi. Like, I really wanted to do that. And then this week, we just had a movie, and I had to watch the movie in like three parts because I really underestimated how much having a newborn would make me busy. Um, and <laughs> so um, I'm going to nominate. I want. <laughs> For a little peek behind the curtain, we were like really fighting about this movie before this, but we were all like respectable, which is like good. That's what we should be. But I want us to fucking fight. I want fighting. I want it. Okay. And I also want something with a dub that I've already seen. So I'm going Toradora. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, this will be good. Oh, oh boy! Oh. Right. oh yeah, wait. Okay, Jay, did you just yeah. watch it? Is I literally you? just watched this for so, you know, uh, we, we had, five hours long. We, we literally had a discuss a long discussion about it in our secret Santa. We don't we need did. to relitigate it. I missed Everybody- it because I was feeding my child. <laughs> That's your fault. <laughs> We're going to get like a seven-parter on that one. Okay, okay. Uh, okay, I'm going to go back to the drawing board to respect the J-factor. Thank you. Um, that's Yeah, that's a good call. So, I appreciate uh, Kat, it. Kat, what's your uh, show? Um, so, uh, I, I still haven't watched this show. And I, I, if I don't win this time, I'm nominating next year. Uh, Fate Apocrypha. I knew it. Okay, that'll be that's the the fucking that's a cat, choice. Cat, why? I I, I want to see you suffer because those are the episodes that make me most happy. I <laughs> I one, this will only make me stronger. And two, <laughs> and, <laughs> Jay will understand this, but this will make me like channel the phoenix. Um, <laughs> what? It's yeah, you wants only to consume. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, uh, let's keep things moving here. Uh, uh, Has what about you? What is your two core nomination? You know, the same way Pete opened up the show with the Blue Jays. I'll be uh, like I said, I'll be balling. You feel me? Uh, not baseballing, but I'll be balling. You feel me? And uh, you know, I I know Pete loves Log Horizon, so I'm here playing to the strengths. The same studio that made Log Horizon is is oh, doing okay. this one. <laughs> this is Bass Squash. Now, what is more hype? Wait, than Sci-fi sports mecha basketball. That does look really fun. (laughs) We are in there. It has the Nike cosign. That's all I gotta say. Let's tell me how to to spell this. B A S Q Sasquatch with a B. Yes, sir. That's a very clever name. That's Mm -hmm. really clever. All right, I, I like it. That'll we'll be in there. Uh, it's rated higher than Fate Apocrypha, by the way, and has said all of those things. <laughs> so think about how bad Fate Apocrypha might be before you vote. So for it. you know, I was shilling Vinland Saga for a while. 
And yes, and I didn't watch it. Basically, everybody decided to watch it besides for Miles because he doesn't watch anime. <laughs> I was going to say, don't do this to me. Don't make me watch it again. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, so I'm not yeah. nominating that. Instead, I will probably nominate the second season next year is what yes. I'm thinking. Instead, I am going to... I also want to nominate something that I am comfy with, something I enjoy, something that's just high quality in general. I am going to nominate the smash hit best-selling manga for two years in a row. I'm nominating Jujutsu Kaisen's first season. Oh, Let's go, that's baby. a good one. Let's that's go. That's a really good one. Oh, that would be a good way to uh, get me to vote. I like that. thought you were going to say Gurren Lagann for a second there. Yeah, <laughs> that, that'd be good too, but... That works. Uh, Jay, or Jay, I, Whoa, you know, I, so I, I, I didn't get to say Jay. Jay just, fair won, enough. To be fair. So my brain was still lagging. Johnny, with no H, what are you nominating, buddy? Yeah, so, um, you know, this show might be some that you people might know is uh, special for me. It's got time travel. It's got a guy trying to uh, go back in time to save a girl. And it is not the show we're talking about. It's going to be Steins Gate. Yeah. Nailed it. I was like, okay, no one's yeah. voting for ReZero. <laughs> I, I think it'd be fun to talk about, but yeah, I would not watch it again. Seen, well, I haven't seen ReZero. Johnny has fought more losing battles than trying to nominate ReZero here. I've never tried to nominate ReZero. Johnny got us to fucking do a Remo. So, you know, no, he got Miles, you guys remove yourself from the. <laughs> do not be in the same people who voted for that show. I... People like to suffer, and I gave them what they wanted. I, I, I got, I, I got, it. I got, got. I, I'm not afraid to admit it. Yeah, I got pranked as well. Uh, Pete, what's your, what's your two core, Pete? I had two in mind. Uh, one was Chihai or Faru, but I've realized that we're all dudes and no one's voting for a show with a strong female lead except for maybe Jay. Um, yeah, we just did listen the Bluebird. Yeah, no. but th that, said strong female lead. Strong female lead. Um, so I'm they gonna go with the show that strong enough to let go, Jay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick a show that I've been very critical on in the past, but I don't think I gave it a fair share. I think I was in like the wrong spot. So March comes in. I'm going to nominate March comes in like a lion. Fair enough. I I, I was thinking about doing that. That was on my list as well because it's uh, you know, its second season is rated so highly. It it can't possibly be bad if it's rated so highly on Mal, right? Like surely not. There's no way. Surely How not. Did you already know what he was gonna say? Because I've been talking about it for that. like months. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was coming too. I listen to Pete when he talks. Yeah, uh, uh, I've literally named two shows for the last like three months about what I'm about to right. nominate. Yeah, and uh, if you guys listen to me, you'll know what I'm going to nominate. This is a show that when we did this for Watch Club, everyone said, "Man, this movie is fine, but it would be really good as a show." Or the show oh, probably did this better. Know. Razefon. Oh, oh my god. I'm putting the Razefon TV the Razefon TV show. It should have been Escaflone. Escaflone I, I thought it was Escaflone. I thought about Escaflone. I enjoyed Razefon more as a show. Or, or uh, between the two movies, I enjoyed Razefon more, I think. So I chose Razefon instead of Escaflone. Escaflone or whatever. Whatever you it. want to say. We didn't, I don't know. I, th yeah. I thought Rajay Fan was a lot. Uh, the ending of Rajay Fan was more interesting uh, in terms of like what you could do with it. So I'm very curious to see how this show uh, would pan out over 26 episodes. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm 
Yeah, I, that was the reaction I was looking for, guys. So, you know, I, I got the rise out of you that I needed already. Uh, Miles, what are you nominating now? Now that you've done some more research, are you gonna do Escaflone? I'm yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do <laughs> I'm gonna do Link Quick, but we have to watch it twice. Um, what, what's in Chinese I, and what's in Japanese? <laughs> um, I am going to do just because I can't I can't really think of anything and like while i would love to do mushishi i literally wouldn't finish it it's like very slow and only in japanese and it, it just wouldn't happen um and so out of self-preservation uh i'm going to do uh <laughs> season one of higurashi when they cry just oh, in case no. it happens to get there. I, I, so, I promised you a... I would watch it once. So I <laughs> I didn't say when I was going to, but you probably have my first place vote. Like the original? It's yeah. Gonna be, yeah, like it's the original. Be... Because oh, the other I, one's a sequel, it turns out. It was secretly not a remake. It was secretly a sequel, which led to people being very confused. Um <laughs> Myself like, included. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Myself included starting it and being like, what's going on? I don't get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is I the, wasn't it, supposed to. So that's this is okay. not the proper way to consume this media, but I can't get Pete to read anything. So <laughs> Are we done here? Sorry. No, oh, yeah. Out, We're done. Holy shit. Pete. I do not have any time. Thank yeah, go, 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 go. I, I literally have been holding, I've been turtling this entire time. I mentioned turtling. I didn't take a shit and I just kept going. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. I, I didn't see the shit. Jesus. Thing, sorry. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so that wraps up our Watch Club. Pete, uh, close us out. If you have made this far and you want to support us, the best way to do so, like, comment, subscribe, leave a review on whatever platform you are watching and or listening to us on. Next week, it's my favorite episode of the year, Anime of the Year. Uh, we will be counting down everybody's votes and choosing what won, so that's going to be really fun. Otherwise, if you're here for Watch Club, in two weeks, we will be watching a show I already forgot. what we're Real Life. We'll be watching Real Life, so we will see you then. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>